This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of You Can't Guard Me. We have episode five. It's going to be about recruiting, how to get recruited, when does recruiting start, we have Eric Gets Buckets coming on here. Eric has done a phenomenal job of going to these games and taping these kids. And he's gone viral and he's been featured on a bunch of major outlets. He's done a phenomenal job. Uh, 2019 is the era of social media and the era of hype. And Eric has tapped in very well to that. And we're, we're, we're going to go over, you know, you know, what comes into play about recruiting. You know, how do you affect it? Um... And just, you know, like, how do you come about doing what you're doing is more of a hobby, all that fun stuff. We're going to get into it with him later, but first we're going to go over recruiting, how to get recruited, um, little, little things like how to prepare for recruitment, which I believe preparing for recruitment is better, is more important than actual, than the actual recruitment itself that comes in later on. Remember, I talk all the way through, I don't stop. If there's an error, I go back and fix it, whatever, but I don't edit my stuff. I'm just here, I'm talking, and I am I got my my uh, notes in front of me, but outside of that, I mean, I'm pretty much talking off the cuff. Remember that. So, this episode is about recruitment. I'm going to get something out the way so some of y'all can just not comment some stuff that I don't care about. First of all, Grades. We know grades are important. Way to go, Billy. You got an A. Dude, just go to school. Tell your kid to go to school. Get the work done. You pay attention. You do your homework. Quizzes, tests. Do your thing. School's easy. Gotta have grades. We get it. Okay? That's not what this is about. And this is not for the parents who are like, well, uh, you know, I... I just want my kid to go out there and have fun. It's just a game. Yeah, you know what? You know, those kids lose by 50 all the time. Hey, sport, how'd you do today? It doesn't matter. Here's a Capri Sun and some orange slices. (laughs) Get out of here, dude. Yes, it's meant to be fun. It's fun winning and destroying your opponent, too. If you want to have fun running around, go find a park. This is for competitive. This is a competitive type of podcast right now. So get that out the way. All right. So recruiting, recruiting starts young, not the recruiting itself, but preparing for it, getting in the right mindset, understanding, understanding how things work. So me, I mean. I'm going to have examples from my life this entire time that reflect exactly how things how things go amongst like you know 
like the top echelon of athletes. So you start out young. When I say young, I'm talking about four, five, six years old. You will know pretty soon what your kid is interested in doing or what they have or what catches their eye. You'll know pretty quickly. Whether it's basketball, soccer, baseball, whatever, tennis, golf. I under I understand. Like, no, they're gonna they are gonna they are they're gonna be drawn to something. Whatever that is, just be two feet in with them. Okay? Especially if it's something that you're also interested in as well, too. because um, then you'll be two feet in them. You'll be two feet in with their two feet in as well. Um, training will be a lot more fun, um, but just find out, you know, just find out what they like. That's the biggest thing. Um, they're usually going to like what their friends like. So if you want to manipulate them, <laughs> find some friends who do a certain thing a lot. You know, find some kids who do a certain thing very, very well. If you want them to play baseball, guarantee there's two or three families in your in your town who go hard and if you find one of them you'll find all of them because they all know each other you find one have your kid go over there and play and hang out they'll come back they'll be like dad man he's so good in this oh do you want to get better yeah boom done boom done if you want them to be interested in something just have them hang out with some kids who love doing something a lot because when they go over there and hang out, that's what they're going to do. Then when they come back home, they're, they're going to want to be obsessed with being able to beat Billy or Frank or whatever his whatever his name is. You know, He's going to want to go over there and he's going to want to do well and be able to play with him either at the same level or close to it. You know, that's that's going to, you know, that's going to start the smoke, start the fire within him. So. When, when you are about to start up a team, it doesn't matter where you start. Don't be so obsessed with getting on the top club because not all the time that's what's best. Sometimes what's best is you know, get on any type of team. You know, play rec league. You know, they call it you know jet league in some place places. Play in the house league. Play in the church league. Because what that's going to do is that's going to slow the game down for them, and they're going to be able to learn at a at a very slow pace, where they're able to one enjoy the game, two they'll be able to learn the little things. A lot of these travel clubs, they're more focused on winning. These little jet league, rec league, and house league games, they're more focused on um, they're more focused on you know teaching the game, the fundamentals, the fundamentals, and all that fun stuff. These travel teams, all they want to do is they want to take whatever you're good at and they want to say, okay, how is it going to make me win? Rather than, oh, I'm going to see what you're good at. I'm going to make that better. And then I'm going to make your weaknesses your strength, right? So now you're on a rec league team. You're a parent, you're watching or you're coaching um, really let them enjoy this time to just be themselves and hang out after the game. Don't hound them and you know 
like leave them alone. Just say, hey, look, I really enjoy watching you play. Let's move forward. Tape everything. If you have a recorder or you have like, I said a recorder, but that's pretty old school. But if you have like an iPad or you have a tablet or you have a smartphone, tape all of their games. Tape as many games as you can because the kids want to see them do well. They want to see themselves on the TV. And then, at that point in time, you can like slowly put in this and that say, Hey, look, so you see this? Maybe you should have done this. You know what I mean? So next time it happens, you can always say, Hey, remember that time? Oh, so that's how they just learn. That's how they learn little things. So um, all of this is, is all preparing for recruitment. Because once... Because once you really, once you really get halfway decent or good, your job as a parent and your job as a person is when you go to these tournaments and you go to these events and you go and you have these leagues, your job, yes, is to support your child and support your child's team. But, but, I would also say your job is to also network amongst parents and with other teams and other people. You must get out there and talk with other coaches. Not saying you're not you are not trying to auction off your kid. No. You are talking to them about, "Hey, what does your team usually do in practices? Where do you guys play?" Interesting. Where you know where do you guys travel to? What is your competition like? These are these are things for you, so you know where to go once your kid outgrows his current situation, because that's the goal. The goal early on outgrow these little rugrats around your kid, outgrow them. Because once you outgrow them, now you're nice and ripe. Move somewhere else. Where now you're going to have to work hard once again. You always got to challenge yourself. I've, I've always said, if you're the best player in the gym, you're in the wrong gym, right? Alright. So, that was huge. And I always say this too. You never know who's watching. So, make sure that you know, you're preaching to your kid. Stay con- you know, just stay consistent. Do what you do. Don't worry about anything else. So, Long story short, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretty much match up my life stories pretty much with everything that I'm saying with this. So, I grew up, I played up two or three years because my mom really wanted me to get into basketball because uh, I was a lot taller, I was pretty coordinated, and um, and I really was like, I, I couldn't really dribble, couldn't really shoot, but I was a taller, you know, a taller kid. Um, ended up, ended up getting on a team and I did okay. And then after that, I played soccer with some kids. Next thing you know, my, my, uh, mom and dad are, they're talking to the coach and they're thinking about starting up an AAU basketball team. Okay, great. All right. At this point, after two, two and a half years, I had my uncle, he uh, he moved in with us, so he was pretty much training me 
hours and hours every day for like two or three years. So at, so over this time, I pretty much became like my own, like I pretty much became like a really good player. Um, and I've, I thought, because everyone around me, like, like, they just didn't blossom, and I was just destroying them. I was putting up, like, 30, 40 points in, like, the fifth and sixth grade. Like, it was, it was ugly. It was ugly. Ugly. And then I joined this AAU team, my little county team, the best players in the county, and we're doing our thing. I'm still the best one. Um, and, um, you know, we're at... At this point in time, I am 11 years old. 11 years old. I'm 5'10", 5'11". I'm a power forward, right? I'm 11. Power forward, you know, one of the bigger ones. Our starting center was like 6'1", 11 years old. We're destroying people. We go to regionals, and we play the team who just won the state championship the previous year. Um, I found, I felt that was going to be a huge challenge for me because I hadn't felt that in a long time. So I was ready to go. Um, sure enough, like, I don't know why I know this, but I know that I took stats on it. Um, after that game, I think I had like almost 30 points and over 20 rebounds. Uh, but we lost the game because that team was really, really good. Like their top eight were, were really, really good. So after the game, after the game, that coach found my parents, and they're like, "Hey, look, we're gonna, we're probably gonna need this kid, um, in states if you don't qualify." My team ended up qualifying. We went to states, lost our first two games. That's it. That team lost in the state championship. Called us, like, "Hey, look, we're about to go to nationals." We're about to go to nationals. Um, you know, we have a spot. We have a spot for Anthony. We would love him to come and and be on the team. And he will probably start right away. And you know, we have you know, you know, we have a lot of national experience, and it's a different level. Okay, cool, right? So after that. After that, I'm like, you know, like, should I abandon, should, should, should I abandon my friends? Mind you, these are the same kids that I played basketball with, that I played soccer with, you know, all this stuff for the longest time. Like, should I, should I leave my, should I leave my friends behind and join this other team? If that's your issue... If that's your issue, you need to go to the to a different team. If it comes down to friends, your friends will be there. But don't let your friendships, don't let certain friendships hold you back just because you're just because you're worried about their feelings. Come on. Come on. If it's about your friends, then you know who you sound like? I just want my kid to go out there and have fun. I could give him Capri Suns and orange slices. Then after this, we're going to do this and that. Like, no. 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 Don't let don't let friendships get in the way of you being great. So, 
this was one the best decision of my life. Two, it. How, how do I say this? It brought me down to earth. Best decision of my life, and it brought me down to earth. So this is U twelve nationals. U twelve nationals. Um. I'm starting on this team, and if you've never been to the Nationals for basketball, how they introduce every team, they call you out, you know, they go team, and then you walk in. Next team, then you walk in alphabetically. Our team was called the Prince William Pacers, P. So we're like towards the very, very end. Um... So a lot of teams are already there, like in this, like, like in this huge facility. So this whole time, I'm like, you know what? Hey, I'm Ant Wright. I'm in. This time, I wasn't Ant Wright yet, but but I was like, man, I'm Anthony Wright. I'm from Laos, Sterling, Virginia. I've done this. I've dropped fifty before. Man, these dudes ain't got nothing on me. By the time summer came, I was about six feet, six one, twelve years old, power forward. So this this is what like this really changed my tra- my trajectory. Because when I walked in, when when I walk in this facility, like it's a huge open space. And our team has to walk all the way around and then come back in and then sit down. We walk around. All the other teams are standing up. Um, I was average size. I was average. I was average size compared to everyone else. I had no clue what was going on. I saw dudes with veins popping out of their biceps I saw dudes with a bunch of hair on their legs, calves bulging out like they're a football player. I walked by several dudes who were at least 6'7". I believe there were there were like five there were like five or six guys who were like 6'9 or 6'10. Um and I'm a power forward. 6'1, like 12 years old, you're towering over everyone. So, walking by, and I all of I just had this feeling of defeat. Remember, this is all about preparing for recruitment. I had this feeling of defeat because I'm like, what? A, what the heck am I doing here? B, what the heck am I doing here? C. What the heck am I doing here? I am playing with I'm playing with and against NBA players. Like like that's my thought is I'm playing a bunch of a bunch of dudes that are heading into college next year. That's how I felt. I was so I was so overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed. I was scared the entire tournament. But it opened my eyes cuz it was fight or flight, it felt like, after that tournament. 
Mind you, during this tournament, I had the pleasure of seeing a bunch of dudes who would later become um, college players and NBA players. Like, after my very first game, um, the coach goes, hey, we're going to watch this next game. I'm like, why? Which is another lesson. When you're at a national event and you have a chance to see a team that either won the national championship the previous year or they were in the final four the previous year, you need to stay and watch that game. If there are no conflicts, you're just hung if you're just hung you need to stay and watch that game. Cause you need to see how far you are away from the upper echelon elite. You need to see where you are compared to them. So we stayed and watched the Indy Spice Heat. They weren't even called the Heat then. They were called like Indy Riverside. This was the first time I ever saw Mike Conley play. 12 years old. First time I ever saw Mike Conley play. First time I saw Eric Gordon play. That was the first time I saw Daquan Cook play. Daquan Cook, he went to OSU. He played with the Thunder for a little bit. And um, my cousin was there because he was going to school at Hampton. I think we were in Virginia Beach. He was at the. He was with us, and Indy is up by like fifty points, right? They subbed some kid in, glasses, big goofy glasses, six five. My cousin starts making fun of him, like it's like look at this goofy dude. He playing now. He don't get no take. Blah blah blah. That was Greg Odin. Um, that was Greg Odin. So, like, that was that was my first Nationals experience. And my last game of Nationals is probably, this is what probably was the tip. This was the, this tipped, this tipped everything over for me. We're playing this team called West Virginia Express. West Virginia Express. I used to do the tips. I did the tip because I had a decent vertical. I had long arms, all that fun stuff. West Virginia Express sends some dude who's five foot seven, five foot six, on the jump ball. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Because they had a dude who was six four. Another guy was like 6'3". So I'm like, I don't know what y'all doing. So I'm laughing. I'm looking at my guard. I'm like, hey, Wayne, let's go get a quick one. So I was going to hit it all the way down the core. He was going to grab it, lay it in, up 2-0. to zero. Didn't, didn't work like that. Dude, uh, tip goes up. I'm about to get the ball. All I see is this hand, pass my hand, tip it back. All right, that... That dude's name, um, his his name was Billy Walker. If you don't know who Billy Walker is, he was nicknamed Skywalker. He ended up uh, playing in the league for a little bit. He played at Kansas State with Mike Beasley. Billy Walker. That was my that was my first interaction with that dude. First of many. The other teams. Point guard was just as tall as I was. OJ Bayo. 
If you've never heard of O.J. Mayo, look him up. O.J. Mayo, he was like a top five lottery pick from USC. Went to the league, couldn't leave the the weed the uh, the uh, weed alone, and kind of phased out. But O.J. Mayo was like he had as much hype as LeBron did coming out. O.J. Mayo was the guy. Had no clue who he was. All I knew is his name was o- it was like Oventon back then. He w- he wasn't he wasn't OJ yet. He wasn't OJ yet. Um, his name was Oventon Mayo. He was the starting point guard. He was my height. This shocked this shocked the hell out of me, dude. That dude could handle. He could hit the point. The way he can move on the court, you just shouldn't move at that size. Hailing the ball, little mid-range look. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, what what, what am I gonna do? So, this was by far the worst tournament I have ever played in my entire life, and that is to date, because I was so shook. I was so shook in my, I, I was just so shook in my own skin, because I thought I was this, but I really wasn't. I had to go, I went home, and I didn't touch a ball for like a week or two. Because I'm just like, can I really do this? Then I go back and I think, okay, 6'1", he's a point guard. I'm 6'1". Then I'm thinking, okay, there were guys there that are 6'8", power forwards. I'm a power forward, I'm not 6'8". Something has to change here. Something has to change. So, if I was a six foot five, six foot six power forward with no perimeter skills, no shooting, no dribbling, just straight post up, um, I wouldn't be making this podcast right right now. You probably wouldn't be listening to it because you wouldn't even know who I was. Um, you wouldn't know anything about me. My name would still be Anthony Wright. Wouldn't even know what Ant was. Um, and I'd probably be somewhere in Maryland, D.C. or Virginia doing something. I don't know what. But that changed my life. Because I decided to say, I am still your friend, but I have got to go pursue this other thing. That little thing changed my entire life because I was in the wrong gym because I was the best player in that gym for a long, long time. Got me out of there and it exposed me to a lot of things. Your kid, your kid, look, just because little Billy can score 30 points a game doesn't mean they're good. When those 30 points are 15 layups all with the right hand because they can because they're faster than everyone and nobody else can dribble the ball because they're too busy running and watching their feet as they run or waving to the crowd to their mom. Or they're on the bench crying, talking about, you know, he pushed me. Or they're on the bench crying, saying, I'm hungry. Or something stupid. So, that happened. 
I spent the next two years of my life, the next two years of my life, focusing on that and that only. That being better shooter, better passer, better ball handler. Like that. Like I was like, if I am gonna, if I am gonna even have an opportunity to play at even in high school. College. If I want to even play in high school, like I gotta be able to handle the ball. Like in my area, I could get by as a six-five center. That's fine. But in the back of my head, the whole time, I'm like, man, I saw dudes who were six-eight back in the day. I'm like, what are they now? Like, 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 if you are aspiring to be something. First of all, know who you are, know what you're, know roughly how tall you are or how tall you're going to be, and then you need to see the other people who are around the same age, are they around you, because you need to know who your competition is. So over the, the next two years, I wrote down a bunch of names and where they're from and how tall they were. I don't know why I did it, but I just did it. I knew Mike Conley was out there. Um, there was this dude named, um, I, I remember his, his first name was Will, William Graves from, from North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, William Graves. I remember that dude wrote his name down. Um, man, man, Jaron Ship wrote his name down. Just all, I, just I knew where everyone was. Anyone who was my position, I knew where you slept, ate, went to school. I knew everything about you because I knew you were my competition. You have to do the same exact thing. If you are a pitcher, if you are a pitcher, you better know who the other pitchers are in your area. If you're a really good soccer goalie, you better know who the other really good soccer goalies are in your area because you need to keep tabs on them. You need to know where they're going event-wise. Know the events they're going to because you want to challenge them at all point, at all times. At all times. When you go to these big events, go to the championships. Go to the semifinals. Go to the quarterfinals. Because those, those dudes are going to be your competition. You need to keep track of all that stuff. If someone new pops up, you need to find out ASAP where they're from. Are they, you know, oh, they're really, really good? Okay. They don't play, play school ball? Why? No grades? Okay, okay, cool. I'll have to worry about them. They're not going to qualify anyway. <laughs> you need to be obsessed with this stuff, man. And this is before fresh this is before freshman year. If you're waiting until sophomore year to do all this, it is too late. It is too late. It is too late. You need to start ASAP. ASAP. You need to start ASAP. Also, because I was in the same boat. If your kid is athletic, 
one of the better ones at all times, and they are young for their grade. If they are young for their grade, they need to reclassify before they hit high school. Or they'll regret it when they're a junior. 100%. Second biggest thing that happened to me. I was always younger. I was always a year younger than my peers. A full year. My birthday is January. So imagine if I'm a senior... I start out my high school senior year 16. I don't turn 17 until January. That's what it would have been if I didn't do what I did. I was I was getting recruited by a bunch of high schools in the D.C. area because at this point, I'm one of the best 8th graders, not only in the area, but up and down the East Coast. I was dunking on dudes. I was hitting threes. I was doing some crazy stuff. I was being recruited by all these little private schools and all, and all that fun stuff and went to one and this guy showed me all these letters and you know I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then he goes, hey, fill out this little questionnaire, this little info sheet so so we can send you information, right? I write down my, I write down, you know, my birth year. He goes, wait, 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 you, you uh, wrote that wrong. It's like, it's like, no, this is right. And he goes... Hold on. You're 13 right now in the eighth grade. It's spring. I go, yeah, I'll be 14, uh, middle of my freshman year. We stopped talking. First thing he said was, Anthony, you and your parents need to look into reclassifying. Best decision of my life. Best decision of my life. By far. If I didn't do that, I probably would not have ended up high major. I would probably be at like, uh, man, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. Because that next year, that next year just set everything off set everything off now I was going to nationals and everyone knew who I was I was going to nationals and dudes were doing to me what I was doing to them like I saw like three or four guys in the top 50 come watch my first game like they came them and their parents came to watch my first game just to see what all the hype was about All because I prepared this this entire time. This entire time because I got really obsessed with it. Like, like you got to be able to communicate with those around you. Communicate with those around you when you go to these events. Please. Please, because you have no clue what opportunity may be out there. And networking really, really opened my eyes to so many things, man. So many things. Now, when you actually get to high school, that was a mouthful. 
And that's all about recruiting and, pre- and preparing for it. Just in, you know, that's just from age four or five all the way to eighth grade. Coaches haven't even, I, I got my first letter like August of freshman year by Notre Dame. That was my first letter ever. Um, but usually <coughs> college coaches aren't really seeing you a lot then. So you're finally in high school. Now you have four years. You have four years. Now you are either you are either two types of people. You're either the person who was good, was always good, always had a bunch of offers, and you knew school was getting paid the entire time. Okay? Then you are also someone who hey, I may have an opportunity at the next level. I'm just not sure of exactly what that is or what that could be or where that could be. Um, but I really want to do it. Please note, you can always laugh at the people who who try to talk down to you during this time. You can be really, really good, but they're going to hate because people love to hate. Just laugh at them and keep it moving. They love to hate. But I was talking to one of my guys about a couple things. First thing, it is not your coach's job to have a bunch of contacts for school for you. That that doesn't make sense. Because does your coach even know what you want to study? You should get that right. Does your coach know what you want to study? Does your coach know culturally where are you? Like, will this be a good fit for me? Do I see myself possibly staying around here after graduation? Can I see myself growing here? Like, for me personally, I couldn't see myself going to a a school in the city. Like, I couldn't see myself going to Temple. Like, I couldn't see myself, I just couldn't see myself, you know, going in into places in the middle of nowhere like Wyoming, like Alaska or Montana. Like, like I just can't, I just can't imagine doing that. Like, there will be no growth. There will be no growth on the court or off the court. Gotta know who you are. So, there are three things you need to do before you ask anyone before you ask anyone, anyone, about who they know and contacts and all that fun stuff. Three things. Is this a good fit, personally? Is this a good fit, personally? Culturally? Like, if you don't, if you don't want to go to, like... A religious school. Don't go to Duke or Wake Forest. If you don't want to go to a public school. Don't go to Michigan or Michigan State. What next is. You know, the second thing is. You know, what is your basketball. And academic fit. Basketball wise. Does it make sense. Does it make sense? 
track-wise, does it does it make sense? Baseball-wise, does it make sense? If you're a pitcher and you're throwing 76 miles per hour, you're not going to pitch for Cal State Fullerton. If you're running track and you run an 11-5-100, you're not running track for LSU. Be, be real with yourself. Be real with yourself. Ask other people to be real with you. Don't get someone to just coddle your feelings. Say, okay, what is realistic? Ask multiple people. What the average of them say is probably the right answer. If not, ask me. Hit me up. It's Ant Wright on Twitter. Hit me up via DM or just tweet at me to hit you up. And I will come out to wherever you are and I will let you know straight up, like this is this is probably where you are. Just don't get your feelings hurt. What is your academic fit? If you want to be an engineer, don't go to a school that doesn't have an engineering program. If you want to be a business major, don't go to a school that doesn't offer that. Like, simple stuff. You should have the answer to all these things. All of them. What type of environment you want to be in. Um, you know, what you want to study, what you want to be when you grow up. I know things change, but initially, you should know what you want to do. You have to... Look, if you don't like the heat, don't, and your college coach has three connections in Arizona, those connections don't mean anything. Anything whatsoever. Look at the roster. Look who the juniors and seniors are and ignore them. Especially if you're a freshman or sophomore. Look at the roster. Look at their upperclassmen. Cross them out because they mean nothing to you at this time. See who their freshmen and sophomores are. See who their recruiting class is that they're bringing in. Look at the type of guys that they're bringing in and be and say, okay, I'm either better than them or I'm a similar type of guy. Usually if you're one or two, look throughout that entire league because usually the league pretty looks very, very similar. Like, if you look at the Ivy League, they all look pretty similar. Look at the Big Ten, they're all pretty similar in terms of how teams are built, you know? They're all pretty similar. So if you find a team, if you find one team, and you're like, and you're like, man, you know what? I played against that kid when I played up, and I gave him a run for his money. Look at the rest of the schools in their league and see which ones have a good location. See which ones have, you know, which uh, which ones have your schooling. And from there, your job is to get as much tape out as possible. Have your GPA down. Have your SAT scores or if it's your ACT scores. Have everything readily available. You don't need to be one of these guys who just wants to hoard a bunch of offers. Like, 
All you need is one school to like you, dude. All you need is one school to like you. One. That's all you need is one school to like you. Have a top 10. Have a top 10. And actively market yourselves to them. And make sure you're reaching out to the right person. If you're a football player and you're a QB, don't send a bunch of tape to, to the linebackers coach. If you have a daughter who's a shooting guard and you think that she could play at this one school, don't send a bunch of film to the coach who coaches bigs. They have their own list of kids that they're recruiting. And they have a family. They already get terrible like life work balances. It's already bad. Last thing they want to do is give attention to someone that they're not even going to coach really. So understand who the position coaches are and then kind of go from there. Actively talk to them. Know when their elite camps are. Know when their team camps are. Um, you just want to always be in their face. If they're actively recruiting someone, know who that is. So you know where you need to go to bust their tail in front of them. Because you have no clue who's watching you, man. No, In this day and age, you can't hide. You cannot hide. So the biggest thing about preparing for recruiting is you need to, if A, if you are the best player in the, in the gym, you're in the wrong gym, get out, challenge yourself. That's number one. Number two, know who your competition is at all times. At all times. If you're the best, if you are the best, you're not looking hard enough or wide enough. If you're the best in your county, you, you, you know that for a fact, go to the surrounding counties. What's the inner city like? Are you the best in the state yet? If not, who is in your way? If they're in your way, are they your position? If you're a point guard and the best player in the state is a center, hey, what can you do? That's fine. If you're, if you're a pitcher and the best player in the state is one of the best hitters in the region, that's fine. Be the best in your position. Just be the best, man. Just be the best. Be the best or go for it. Because the more you're around these guys, the more you're around the, these events going against them, Usually you are in the upper tier of events, and that's where college coaches will be anyway. And you've been so obsessed over the years with competing and beating out these people in front of you that consistency isn't really a thing. Because that's what you've been doing the, for years. So these coaches who come up, they're just like, who is this kid? All they're doing is seeing your last seven or eight years of hard work come to fruition it's amazing all right we're about to get my dude eric gibbs buckets on here we're going to talk about uh pretty much pretty much everything that revolves the films getting the films out and being able to uh being able to go viral and how that feel and did he really envision this but um we're going to really get into it 
Uh, I'm going to bring him on right here in a sec. All right, yo, we're back here. Uh, I got my guy, Eric Gets Buckets. Twitter name, Eric Gets Buckets. Uh, that's my guy's Twitter. What's up, Eric? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on. Hey, thanks for coming on, bro. Um, so we're going to get right into it. I don't want to fluff. Let's get right into it. So right now, you are on the road, right? Yeah, I'm in the middle of the rain in, in central Ohio on my way to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, my, my roommate from last year, he moved down there to, to live closer to his mom. And so I'll stop there tonight and then EYBL Atlanta for the weekend starting uh, Friday night. Okay, nice, nice, nice. So, so, wait, so you go to Central? Yeah, I go to uh, Central, Central Michigan and Mount Pleasant, for, for those who don't know it, Mac School. So you go to Central, and you're driving down to Atlanta to put some work in. Yeah, man, that's, that's the game. Like, I could have flown, but, you know, like, uh, Under Armour has their tournament uh, this weekend in Kansas City, and then um, there's a couple other, I don't know if Adidas has an event or not, but you know, like AAU, people are playing every weekend, and I wasn't sure where I was going to be at, so uh, I just, you know, driving's cheaper at this point, you know, it's kind of hard to book a, a plane ticket now and get a good deal on it, so... Most of the time, I just end up driving, and like I said, I got I got people in Chattanooga, so it helps with the place to stay and whatnot. How do you do that and go to school? Um, you just like it was a little bit of a balancing act, but like it's not bad now in AAU because it's only on the weekend, so I only you know especially. Now, like, I'm getting wrapped up with school. I already finished two of my classes. I only got uh, two more exams next week. So it's not bad. But, like, in, in the high school season, like, it was just go, 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 grind every single day. Like, I could maybe count on the time, on one hand, the number of times I, like, took a day and just spent it with friends or family or, like, went out and partied at night or whatever. Like, things normal college kids do right. from the months of December – through March when, when Michigan high school season wrapped up, like it was just every day, you know, get up, go to class, you got a game in the evening, then you have weekend tournaments. <laughs> right. And then the day when you don't have games, like you got to edit, like it takes time to edit. You got to do your homework, study, you know, so it's just, it's just about prioritizing really and, and being able to use your time wisely and just working hard a little bit. That is, that's crazy sacrifice, bro. That's crazy sacrifice, man. Um, Eric gets buckets here. He has been featured on ESPN, Sports Center, Bleacher Report, House of Highlights, Slam Mag, Complex. You've seen him on Overtime Twitter account. Uh, see him on Ball is Life as well, too. So, so, so for the. For the people who don't know who you are and what you do, briefly explain exactly what what you do and and you know and like kind of like you know what role you play in terms of pretty much making local celebrities out of some of these kids. 
So basically what I do is I, I have my camera and, and I show it to mostly games. Uh, it could be a workout or a practice. And, and I film and I just chop it up and make highlights, you know, like, um, I mean, this has been around for ages. Uh, you know, like Who Mixtape was the original, just making the mixtape, with the music over it. And, and, you know, the industry's changed a little bit and there's more you can do now. And, um, you know, at its core, it's really just me recording what happens at the games of, of, of like, the elite players, you know, the, the D1 guys, the high major guys, you know, the future NBA players, and, and putting it on the Internet um, for, for people to see who may, might not be able to make the game or just for people to watch back. You know, a lot of it is a lot of, like, the editing and stuff I do with special effects is more so for the uh, – for the player himself or herself, you know, where that's a little bit, like, they always choose the song. So it's a little bit of add their personality to it as well. But in terms of, you know, like, making a local celebrity, it goes both ways. Because, like, like, a lot of the coverage I do, especially, you know, going to EY Bell, well, all the kids I'm covering, they already have a big name. They're already talked about because, oh, they, they're a four-star, they're a five-star. They got offers from here, here, and here. Right. Or in, in, in terms of a more local kid like Imani, like people talk about, oh, he's going one and done. Oh, he's he's going straight to the league, you know. So they already got the name. Right. It's just more like marketing almost. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, yeah. Every time they do well, I'm here to hype them up. So it's like, oh, shit, he, he, he had another 30-point game. Oh, he just... Brought his team to the state finals. Oh, he just hit two buzzer beaters in the playoffs. You know, like, just being able to hype him up and, and almost, not like news reporting, but like get it out there on the internet for people to see in a better way than just someone tweeting like, yo, this just happened, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because like, if, if you didn't show and if you didn't let me know that like I would have never known that Amani's dad's the base fundamentals team. I had no clue they were on the EYBL circuit. I had no clue whatsoever, bro. I thought I thought the family was gonna be is like the only EYBL team from from Michigan even allowed, but they gave him his own squad. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean they they done that before. Like they did that with Marvin Bagley. Um, and, and, you know, they've done that in other, like Josh Jackson got, uh, one nation. One nation. For under yeah. You know, like they, they do that when you have a guy that you know is that special, like from, from Nike's perspective, from Under Armour's perspective, you, you do what you can to keep him because he, he's valuable to not only like long-term possibly signing like a shoot deal and stuff with them, but also like in the, in, in the immediate short term being able to say, Hey, like the UIBL. Like, we got, this year they got, like, 75 of the top 100. That's not an exact number, but that's, like, approximate. Um, of the top 100, uh, 17 U kids. So, you know, like, right. being able to keep those kids, they're going to do what they can. And, and when you're as elite as some of those guys, like, you you know, that that's your work. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so like, all right, so when you go down to the EYBL and, you know, you're going to, you know, go to as many games as you can, I'm sure of. Are you just going to follow around the Midwest teams or are you going to, like, try to get some, like, some kids who are from, whether, like, Cali or from, like, the Northeast, anything like that? So, I'll just do mostly Midwest teams. But, you know, the thing about DYB 
reality is like every team's got talent. So like if yeah. I'm filming, like I think the family actually plays. I maybe it's maybe it's not the family, but they play Vegas Elite, right? And Vegas obviously West Coast team got one of the top West Coast players and, and Josh Christopher, but they also got Jaden Hardy yeah. who transferred out to Nevada for for prep school, but he's from Detroit. He's from Michigan, so right? Yeah, so I'm going to make sure I, I can be at that game because even though he's a West Coast kid now, like, he came from Detroit. Yeah, Hardy's and, nasty. And, he is nasty. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's so good, bro. Yeah, he's a, if everything goes right, he's a pro for sure. Yo, that dude is sick. That kid is crazy good, man. Um, Oh, man. So when you go down there and you get all the film and all the clips – from the time that you start clipping to you posting it, how long does that really take you? It, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things that goes into it depending on what what I do with the content, what types of videos I'm making. But I'm not getting out of there, you know. No matter what, even if I, let's let's put it back into the high school perspective, where you're just going to one game, right? Short eight minute quarters. You know, a lot of times in Michigan, like, they're holding the ball for 30 seconds at a time. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's so, and, and there's not a lot of highlights necessarily compared to, like, a UIBL. Like, in the shortest time in high school, it'll take at least an hour, if not an hour and a half, two, depending on, you know, if the game goes to overtime or if there's, you know, two or three guys that go off. This right. depends. But there, you're not getting out of there. You know, you go film for your hour, hour and a half, two hours, and then you, you edit for another hour and a half at least after the game to get it posted. But then if you're if you're doing multiple games in a day, like in EYBL, like on Saturday when I'm filming from 8 a.m. to whenever the games are done at night, right. I'll leave the, the venue and I'll be up, you know, 9, 10, Whatever it is, you know, or get back to the Airbnb at like nine ten, and I'll I'll edit till two thirty three in the morning, just trying to catch up and being able to post stuff. Cause you gotta think, I gotta I gotta try and compete with with these big companies like Slam and Overtime, and in a sense, Ball's Life, even though I do work with them a little bit, right. because they got they got four, five, six guys at least Running. on the board. Any yeah. yeah, so they, they got two guys filming, and then they can just throw it off or, like, send it off. However they their processes work, I'm sure it's different a little bit each way. Um, and, and they'll have people posting it. And, you know, over time, they got their own app. So they got their people standing with their phone, and they got, you know, they'll sit there right there at the baseline with it. It's streaming constantly back to the main servers in New York. Ooh. And so right when the dope happens, it's just, boom, it's like a 30-second like to a minute process where they can get it posted afterwards. Man. You know, I got to... I gotta try and uh, compete with them. So you learn how to edit faster. But for what I'm doing, recording full games, like there's there's no way to shortcut. Like it's gonna take at least an hour to get through it. You know, it's a grind, man. That that sounds like yeah. a that is that is that is literally the definition of a grind. So yeah, so let's let's take a step back. Let's talk about the clip that got you really going. So I think I followed you when you had like fifteen hundred followers. Now you got like almost six thousand, and it's because you filmed uh, 
Zia Cook. She's a McDonald's All-American from Ohio. If you if you guys have not seen this chick's highlight, oh my goodness. Oh my she was she was snatched ninety-nine percent of y'all's ankles. Like sick stuff. So so Eric, you posted this. Like what like how did it get to ESPN Sports Center? I saw famous Los commenting on it. I mean, man, like everyone, everyone was all over it. And like what? So when you posted that, someone had to have got the ball rolling. Someone had to have hit it, and it just spread like a wildfire. I, yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, I don't know which one of those big companies is like, you know, I post stuff and it'll do good numbers right off the bat with my own account with no endorsements from like a, a big brand like that. And I knew, I knew it was going to do good just because the play was so nasty, but I was, I wasn't sure because, you know, like a lot of like, I don't, I don't even know how you describe it. A lot of people just like don't respect women's sports and they'll be like, oh, like that's not dope, like she's a girl, like. In yep. the kitchen type, of, you know, like just stupid stuff. So I wasn't sure how good it would do, but she did that in the second, at the end of the second quarter, or first half, and I went and posted that at halftime. So I didn't check my phone for a whole half of the game. <laughs> right. so I tell you, I came back and I, I got on, and it was it was already blown up by the time half the second half was over. So I was like, oh, like here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I couldn't use Twitter for like a day because I was getting so many notifications. And, <laughs> and obviously, you know, um, I think obviously, you know, like I said, I work with Ball's Life a little bit, and Overtime's really good at finding this stuff. So those were the first two people to to actually put it out, and then like after that, Slam put it out, and then you know, you start getting the big, big accounts. Like I said, like Bleacher Report, House of Highlights, ESPN, Sports Center. Um, complex, and then like some dude, like just some random, random ass dude from um, South Carolina, you know, like, so he has an interest because he's a South Carolina commit, but he's just like a random ass personal page, like no affiliation to sports or whatever, tweeted it, and you know how you do the little thing, um, you just take the video and you tweet it on your account, but it says like from so-and-so yeah. in the bottom, yeah, so it like, However he did that with mine, he tweeted it, so the views are going back to my account. But that play, that was actually the full highlights of her in the game, because she had a lot more dope plays in the game, too. Obviously, that was the one that went viral. But, um, like, Chance the Rapper, Dwayne Wade, I think CJ McCollum, like, a bunch of, like, famous people started quote-tweeting it, and, like, like, saying, like, respect, like, she's cold, like, type of stuff like that. Yeah. So it really, like, that blew it up even more. And then, you know how, like... um What's the what's the site? Um, maybe like SB Nation or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. 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 Write like articles and stuff. Linked it. Linked my YouTube video, my full YouTube video of her on their tweet, and then obviously on their site. So that's kind of how the YouTube video blew up too. Nice. And it was just, I mean, it's that's just how the internet works. Like people start sharing it, and it just exponentially multiplies, and it just went crazy. Like she went from. She had less than 10K followers on Instagram the day that that happened. She went to like about like 35, 37K overnight. <laughs> and then by the end of the weekend, like that Monday, Tuesday, she had like 
I want to say damn near 70,000, and now she's got up to like 100-something thousand That's followers crazy. on That's crazy. Yeah. I'm watching that play right now. Like, I don't know what's more impressive. Like, when she bopped the girl's ankles or the filet at the end. Yeah. Like, like yo. Like, <laughs> yo. Oh, my gosh, yo. Man, how tall is she? Is she look like 5'8"? Yeah, like 5'8"-ish. Man. You, know, you never know, like, give or take an inch or two. Man, but, but this also, I mean, this is very, very this is very minor for someone like me who is very casual to the video game. Probably a lot of people who are paying attention. But the fact that people respected you enough to tag you on it. Um, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, that's a little bit like um, like protocol. Like, when overtime and then, like, when they take somebody's video, like, they don't ask me for that. Most of them did. Like, House of Highlights asked me. ESPN obviously asked me. And then, um, um, Bleacher Report, and they're one and the same with House of Highlights. They all asked me. And then, obviously, like I, like I said, I work with Ball's Life as, like, an independent contractor. So I was like, yo, like, you're going to want to post this. And so, like, I offered them. And other than that, like, they all just, like, take it they rip it off your your twitter and then they just post it but that's just kind of like like custom like i don't know like at least acknowledge where you got it from right. um, i think the only person that didn't acknowledge me was barstool and of course they never, they're not yeah, even like a real media bro like no yeah they they uh they actually for doing shit like that they've actually gotten like twitter violations and like twitter's almost like shut down their accounts like multiple times and there was, like, this big thread on Twitter about how, like, Barstool, like, they're only, like, one account away, but every time they get that last strike, they, like, threaten legal action somehow. I think I saw that. Threat. I think yeah, I saw yeah. that. You get, so like, five or six, and, like, they they were all number five or something. I know what you're talking right. about. Yeah. Yeah. So, but everyone else asked me, and if they didn't ask me, like, that's just kind of custom. But, like, I told ESPN and all of them, because that's always what I've been about is, like, yo, like, yeah, but you have to tag me. And I said it like twice. They'll be like, oh, do we have permission to use this on our native networks? I'll be like, if and only if you tag me on my accounts and if you write an article about it on your website, you have to link my YouTube video. Like, I kind of took advantage of it at that point because I knew like how it could benefit You have me. to. You have to. You got to look, look yeah. after number one. You're number right. one, bro. Look, look after you first and then... Everything else is whatever, you know? But look after you first and get your stuff right. Everything after that don't even matter. Facts. But, like, people are out there with me, like, oh, don't shut her unless they pay you. And, like, I, I think with, with, the, with the House of Highlights, because I know, like, they're, like, one of the biggest. They, they get more views than ESPN on social media now. And I was like, yo, like, I know you're going to make more money off Twitter ads than this like just throw me like a hundred off it and they're like we've never paid for a highlight before ever and i was like i I don't know if i believe that but i was like all right whatever just tag me because it's gonna benefit me either way because they got millions of followers right so right I, so i was like all right yeah that's cool exactly and then uh your uh watermark helps too helps from uh yeah. people trying to like take it and pose it as their own um, Definitely, yeah. So is it so? 
are you going to stay with just the big bucket, or are you going to keep it as the bucket with EGB under it? It just depends. Like, for Michigan kids, because everyone from Michigan knows who I am for the most part, or they've at least seen my stuff, even yeah. if they don't necessarily know who it is you walk I in just, you're you are you are basically like the president bro they're like oh eric is buck is he in here <laughs> and kids probably start doing some wild stuff as soon as you walk in because they know because everybody want to be that dude you know right <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool like the love i get like it's just it's really a blessing like that people recognize me um but in terms of like the logo yeah like in Michigan, I, I pretty much do it like just a bucket because I don't really like the letters in there. Uh, I don't like the way it looks necessarily. But then when I do, when I start doing kids where you know they might not know who I am or like I know for a fact like if they post it like nobody who follows them is gonna know who I am. Then I'll throw the letters in there because it's a little more like identifiable than just a straight bucket. Right. Like um, who is EGB? Right. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. But if I was if I was like global and I was like. Had hundreds of thousands of followers. I just go straight bucket because it's more. It's like simpler and cleaner. I like. I think. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Getting that. Uh, it. It's all about the logo, bro. Right. Get a yeah. logo that is, you know, that is that's like transcendent. It's your own thing. When they see it, they know exactly what it's linked to. Like the Nike swoosh. Simple. Right. Everyone knows it's Nike. You know the three stripes. Right. Everyone knows what that is. The Apple for the iPhone. Everyone knows what company that's uh, for. So, just the bucket is great. I love that, bro. I love it. I love it. Um, so, so like, I saw you with, um, I saw you were following Amani. I saw you got, uh, thing that you were able to, like, go and watch them practice, too, and be able to film practice and, and you kind of gave them like their own little, their own little like documentary kind of thing. Um, how that happened? I just like obviously I know who his dad is, and we've had conversations now. And um, you know the big thing, obviously, like our media is going to come to Imani, and then probably their their two and three best players are Kareem Rozier and Javon Hannah in terms of like name wise. But, you know, like, obviously, they all can play in, in their own right. And I just kind of want to do something where, you know, if I never make a video for their, their ninth and tenth man on the team, like, just at least have something out there for them. Right. I want to do that and just kind of like a, a, I don't know, like a preview. Just, like, I, I told the coaches, I was like, okay, talk your kids up, you know, like, this is your chance to say, like, hey, this is what he does well, this is why he, he's on a team, this is what he brings to the team, just to make them sound good. So, you know, obviously, at 15U, they might not be getting recruited heavily yet, but, like, if a coach says, like, who is this kid, then I can, like, reference that and be like, yo, this is, this is what, um, this is who he is, and, you know, this is what he does well, and obviously get it out there and, for other purposes, like entertainment, you know, like just show their moms or families or whatever. I, right. I don't know, whatever people do with my videos. But it was just kind of something different than just straight highlights of like Imani and whoever else plays well. Right. You know, just to kind of get right. a little behind the scenes look feature. Gotcha. So, have coaches hit you up yet for like uh, for like information on 
a certain kid? I mean, like I talk to coaches. Um, I've kind of tried to distance myself from the from the scouting game per se, um, just because I don't know. There was like I don't mind the industry, but like it wasn't for me. You know, when you just know like one of those things is it's just not for you, right? And <laughs> like when I when I started all this, like that's how I got into it. Was like as like a scout or whatever, and then I kind of realized like that's not really what I want to do. But I still have, you know, like, obviously coaches know I go to all the games and, and I, I build relationships with coaches that I, I see frequently and stuff. So, yeah, sometimes they ask me, but it's not been, like, nothing serious. It's just a here and there, you know, like a, what do you what do you think about this kid or who should I be watching, per se? You know, nothing like, oh, is, is he going to commit soon? Like, who are his top five? You know, stuff like that where that's more, like, serious recruiting businesses and that's where you get like the guys that work for like 247 and, and rivals and stuff and um you know some of the local scouts in, in michigan too gotcha okay cool man so a couple more questions here i know you're uh, driving so don't want to distract you too much bro but um so <clears throat> when you first started this was it more of a hobby or is this more of a hey ball's life can do it maybe i could be maybe I could do that for the kids of Michigan, or how did it all kind of come together? So, it, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if you know him, but he's a big, like, diehard Michigan fan, and I had known him through, like, basketball in high school, just, like, playing against each other and, and being, you know, in the same place at the same time. But a guy by the name of uh, Braden Proctor, he's kind of the one that brought me into this whole world. Oh, His Proctor brother, from uh, Saginaw. Ish. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, he actually, uh, he came, he he came down to watch one of my minions play. Uh, he watched uh, Blake Lund play. Blake had like, yeah, he had like ten ten points, and then like like hurt the top of his foot, and he's been out ever since. Um, but yeah, okay, Proctor. Okay, 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 okay. Keep going. Yeah, so he, he brought me in because I had known him and he had, like, helped out coach. She's a little bit older than me. And he had helped out coach my senior year of high school. And, like, when we were done, when our season got done, like, they still had, like, quarters and, and regionals and, like, all the, the, the final rounds of the playoffs. And he was kind of doing his thing with, with prep hoops at the time. And he's like, yo, do you want to come watch some, like, good basketball? Like, you know, we'll get in for free, and, like, you don't have to pay anything. You just ride with me. I was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. Like, fuck <laughs> it. Like, I'll go. Yeah, and it kind of turned out into, like, I started helping him do the stats, and then he's like, yo, would you want to do this? Like, you can get some money for it. And then it was like, okay, cool. And so, like, you know, like, pretty much anybody can write for prep hoops, so it's not really like a, it's not really like an official scouting service. Right. Um, I don't uh, like... Yeah, but you, you you know, like, Brayton knows what he's talking about, and, and he's got relationships with coaches now, and um, he he kind of started me in, like, the, the scouting um, industry or lane, and I just thought, okay, well, why not be different? Like, my mom's a photographer. She's got, like, three or four cameras. She was like, I'll just take a camera with me and just, get a little film to add to my articles too. 
like so and so, you know, for whoever I'm writing about. And then um, there was, it, it kind of turned in slowly throughout that, that high school season, and, and nobody really knew who I was, so I just put it on YouTube and linked in my articles. Like, I never tweeted it out or put it on Instagram. And then um, that AAU season with uh, Reese Legends, I ended up going out to to a, a tournament in Milwaukee, NY to LA, and that was really my first gig because it was AAU and there wasn't any stands there. Like, you had to sit on the baseline. And so I filmed from the baseline. You know, like, that's where everyone filmed from. Right. And I filmed a bunch of their games, and soon enough, I was like, yo, can you put me together a tape and, like, make me a mixtape? And whatever. So I did it, and it was, like, really shitty quality, but I just did it, and nobody else was doing that for the kids in Michigan at the time. Right. And so then I went to a, a tournament that the family was at in Grand Rapids and did it for all the family kids. And then Indy Heat, which is the EYBL team out of uh, Indianapolis, or no, they're not out of India, Indiana. Right. And so, you know, you're getting big time kids. You're like, you know, I mean, all these high major kids, and they're like, yo, can you make mixtapes and stuff? So then I was like, oh shit, like, people are actually asking me for it, you know? Right. And then it would just turn into, like, just kind of me, like, my personality, I guess. Like, how good can I get at this now? And then right. once I started to see, like, yo, like, you can actually get good for this, at this. And, like, then it was kind of like, okay, let's see how big I can make this thing. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really wasn't never intended to be, like, I never once sat down and be like, yo, I'm going to make highlights. I'm going to make the best highlights. I'm going to make the best mixtapes. Like, right. I never once sat down and, like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It just kind of like, oh, this is an opportunity. Let me see if I can capitalize on that. And then it's just, it's kind of evolving from here. And, you know, I don't know what the next step is, but right now it's just day by day, you know? I'm with you, man. I feel you, bro. That's, uh, that's wild. That's wild. Usually the best things happen in like a roundabout way where, you know, you had one intent but that leads to something else, to something else, to something else, to something else, to the end, to like this thing over here where you never envisioned it whatsoever. It just happened that happened naturally. And then all of a sudden you find yourself among a bunch of high major kids. High major kids usually have a a bit more followers than not high, high major kids. So when, oh, yeah. when their highlights come out, they are trying to flex at every single turn. So as soon as they put you put the highlights out, they are retweeting that before you even post it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not right. everyone sees it. Not everyone wants what they got. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, man. Hey, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. Eric Gets Buckets, featured on SportsCenter, ESPN, SB Nation, Complex, Ballers Life, Overtime, any place that has video content for sports, he's been on there more than likely. Eric gets buckets. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you, bro. All right. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.